to shows what you know, the TV show, or that is not a TV show, it's a podcast about TV shows, and that whole thing is underneath the title, it says shows what you know, and then this whole sentence that I'm still saying is a long subtitle underneath. Hello, my name is Jacob Burrows. Hi, my name's Jim Scampoli, and that was definitely a long way to tell you that it shows what you know. It is indeed, and it shows us everyone, shows us all what we know, which is, I think you already know this, but we're going to be talking about Stranger Things, the greatest television show of all time? We'll see. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll see. let it melt. We'll, we'll uh, let it digest a bit, but we're definitely on the positive side over here. It shows what you know. Yes, we're, we're big supporters. Uh, we're big fanboys of the Duffer Brothers. Please, Duffer Brothers, answer all my letters I've sent you already. Yeah, we are uh, sending hella letters. <laughs> Everyone, please uh, remember in your review to also email the Duffer Brothers your review of Shows What You Know and how much we like their work and uh, how we'll definitely be very polite to them if they choose to grace us with their presence we'll take a duffer we'll take any duffer sibling like even not one of these two yeah i, I don't know sisters uh, whoever Cousins, you got even a cousin absolutely a duffer any cousin. duffer we just we just want that thing on i feel like duffer brothers that's a smart thing for them to do like what, what if you obviously uh if you're two brothers that is super extra smart but they can that that's already feels like uh, a label you can put on things, you know? It's a brand. Yes, yeah. It's a smart way to, to bill yourself and then make sure that the studios have to snatch you both up. Uh, if, if you don't know who we're talking about, uh, this is the creators of the show, by the way. Yeah, uh, and it feels like... It, yeah, I mean, if, if I see something from the Duffer Brothers... I mean, they'll probably say from the creators of Stranger Things as well, because not everyone will know. But but it is funny that in the intro, it's like executive producer, the Duffer Brothers, and this, the Duffer Brothers. And then it's like the intro's over, and then it's like, created by the Duffer Brothers, in case you fucking missed it, you idiots. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I enjoy the Duffer Brothers. Please come on our show. I would go uh, to a restaurant called the Duffer Brothers. They could uh, they could start a restaurant. They could start like a plumbing service. I would call yeah. the Duffer Brothers. It doesn't even matter what they're doing. I want them to help me with my life uh, as they've helped me with my television watching. Uh, so, in the, the last episode, we discussed episodes... Oh, this is confusing. The last podcast episode. Yes. We discussed the television slash Netflix episodes one to four yes. of Stranger Things. Uh, shall we summarize that? In any way? Um, oh yeah! By the way, this is gonna be—we're gonna be spoiling everything, right? Yeah. Are we gonna we, say that? If you want to hear our non—I mean, if you don't want to hear spoilers, uh, please don't listen to this episode, which is episodes five through eight. Uh, you can hear our non-spoiler thoughts in the previous podcast episode before we discuss the details of episodes one through four. Yeah, but overall, we're positive. I don't know if you were able to yes, tell when yeah. we said we wanted the Duffer <laughs> Brothers to be our plumbers. That was not an insult, like, go do some plumbing, you fucking morons. It was a positive thing. <laughs> plumbers are well-valued members of society. And, yeah, basically where we're at in the show uh, after episode four is we have um, a group of uh, cool kids that you wish you were uh, young and friends with them. Yeah. Uh, their friend goes missing. We have a mother in turmoil because her son is missing, a brother in turmoil because his brother's missing, a town in shock, uh, but there's some nefarious things going on with a potential monster in an alternate dimension, so how it's affecting our main characters. 
basically, we've been confirmed that there's uh, they found a body, which was supposed to be of the, the missing young Will. Um, the sheriff, who's a kick-ass sheriff, cut it open, found stuffing inside, realized that was fake. Um, he's, he's at this point, he had just cut the, uh, he, yeah, he just cut the fence for the scary scientist lab that's in the town. So he's about to go in there. Uh, the mother has seen that her son's in a weird dimension and is hammering through her wall. Uh, the kids are reeling from thinking that their son is dead, but also have a super powered friend. Yeah. Doesn't all that sound great? Yeah. Doesn't that sound amazing? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, this is stuff that, uh, I, I, I don't know, just the, just, there's so much stuff happening. And maybe it's because they went the clever route and did eight episodes. I feel like if this was 10 episodes, there definitely would have been like one episode where you're like, well, not a lot happening yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Uh, but it's so clever. And, and they're, since maybe, Partly because it's Netflix, they can be a bit variable on the length, so it's not like they need to pad it out. One of the episodes we're going to discuss, I think it was only 40 minutes, the second to last one. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they they have really done, <laughs> done, done it well. They did it well. There's a lot of stuff happening all the time. Yeah, it's cool that they can do that. They can, hey, this episode doesn't need to be as long as the other ones. This episode maybe needs to be a little bit longer. And yeah. and yeah, the eight episodes worked out pretty well because even one more, it felt like it would have stretched it enough because there was enough going on between the the story, uh, the action, the mystery, and then just the character moments and the things you learn about all the characters. Yeah, and as for what you said about making it, uh, maybe making it like an anthology show where next season is something different, that also helps with that because that extended feeling might get super extended. I mean, if next season it comes and it's like, oh, there's, you know, that monster? Now there's 10 of them. Like, uh, yeah. is that going to be as good as something completely new? I mean, the title is just so great. Stranger Things. It could be like all uh, all the things that we've talked about, all the influences like fall under that umbrella so they can really uh, dig deep into like the, the vaults of nostalgia and find other bits and pieces and piece those together into new interesting constellations. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to get into that a little bit more after we discuss the final episode, but I I agree with you. Cool. So let me describe part of Chapter 5, The Flea and the Acrobat. Uh, Now, this episode, uh, I'll start where it starts, just to keep it clear. We do have the the, uh, cop, uh, the sheriff, who is breaking into the lab, and it's going pretty well. He gets pretty deep into the lab and sees this whole big weird portal thing, uh, which then promptly he is uh, discovered and thrown out, and they put him back in his home, and he immediately disassembles everything looking for microphones. And it's great because even there's a moment before he gets to the portal where you think, ah, the jig is up, they caught him. But then he just kicks some ass real quick. He, he's, able to, <laughs> he's able to kick some ass and steal a, a key card so he gets yeah. a view of the portal. So I did like that he was, I, my note was basically Hopper is all in, he's the best dude, because he's at the point where usually 
Ah, they got me. All right, kick me out. But no, he's he's already cut a body open and found stuffing, so he's not afraid of punching a few scientists and security guards. <laughs> yeah, and he he's such a nice, gruff, rough-and-tumble cop that doesn't fit into this town at all. I think <laughs> yeah. they, they, they don't bring up much of his backstory, but they do mention that he was once a big city cop, mm-hmm. and here's where you're like, that makes sense, because these small-town scientists, even if they're even though they're in like surrounded by suits with guns all the time, time hopper's just kicking everyone's ass all over the place so but yeah eventually gets thrown out and they do the age-old trick of sedate him and bug him uh which has never worked i think in this Mm. history like no no one who's like oh i guess it was just a dream does that ever work no no i well especially not with a with a kick-ass cool dude like uh, Jim Hopper. So right, uh, maybe on a lesser person, like one of his deputies or whatever, they would probably work really well on them. <laughs> That's true. But they wouldn't even be there in the first place. Or if they were, it would be because they got lost and like <laughs> fell over the fence. Yeah. Idiots. Uh, yeah, but he finds the bug and he, he then goes, I think this is in this episode, that he... Okay, at the same time, we... Ah, fuck it. Uh, we'll, we'll be hopping around a bit. But let me talk about the kids because they're the main plot. Uh, there's this funeral, uh, obviously for the the kid for Will. For Will, and uh, at it or around it, I think what you're gonna bring up is a great moment. But go ahead. They ask the science teacher, Mr. Clark, about dimensions, and was that what you were thinking? Oh, I'm sorry. I just love that they were like laughing at the funeral. Oh yeah, (laughs) that was great too. (laughs) Wait till we tell them that this kid cried at his funeral, and I love how they say like. Her full name, first and last name, yeah. I don't remember it, but that is how you do it yeah. when there's some hot chick crying at your friend's funeral, and you're like, oh, I can't, can't believe she's crying for him. And, and, I, and since you're bringing up their, uh, is it their science teacher, or was it their AV teacher? Who was that guy? Or is it their yeah, chemistry I've, teacher or something? Well, you know, Jen, the mustache science yeah. guy. Mr. Clark. Yeah. I know Mr. Clark. I My notes do say Mr. Clark rules. Uh, Me, what a great yeah. character that they used perfectly where... He was sprinkled in here and there throughout the show, and he was yeah. always funny and entertaining when he popped up. Yeah, and it makes, he makes so much sense, and I do love how they bring up the Veil of Shadows, and he's like, yeah, of course, the <laughs> Dark Dimension. Like, he knows. He knows. Uh, so, yeah, they talk to him and find out about dimensions and stuff and realize from what he says that eventually uh, they put together the compasses should be pointing to the gate. Uh, so they set out to find this gate to the other world and to Will, but L is afraid and disrupts the search, causing a fight between uh, Mike and Lucas, mm-hmm. which ends with L throwing Lucas all over the place uh, and fucking him up, and he storms off, and L also vanishes. Yeah, and yeah, with this with this uh, episode, um, I like how they they show Dustin being the one that figures it out and kind of is like, you idiots, do, do you not understand? Uh, yeah. I, I like what, how they use Dustin in this episode. They're, they're, the, Lucas, unfortunately, gets the shorter end of the stick because he has to be the, the contrarian. Uh, and, yeah. of course, we as the audience, knowing uh, and liking what's going on, we don't like him because of it. I, uh, the, the kid does well enough with what he has, but it's unfortunate that they have to make him kind of the shitty one in a way, uh, just to kind of do the old like breaking up of the squad. Yeah, that's true. But in the sa- I mean, in in the same way that I lo- sometimes look at the white-haired scientist guy, and I'm 
and and my perverted mind is like, well, we gotta beat the Ruskies somehow. <laughs> like maybe we need to steal some uh, electromagnetic children or something. <laughs> like in the same way, I'm sort not on Lucas's side, but I totally see his point of view. Sure. And uh, so yeah, so I don't really, I, I'm sort of fine with him. But as you said, I like that Dustin gets a bit more. He gets more room to shine later in the season because he's mostly comic relief early on, and then it's like, oh wait, you guys are idiots. I'm the best. Yeah. And yeah, it. It gets even more of that with as the episode goes on. Uh, side plot: Will's dad comes around, but it turns out he's only interested in suing for cash. So. Yeah, my note on that is: there's always a scumbag dad. There always has mm. to be a scumbag dad. <laughs> Very true. So he gets thrown out, and I don't know. I don't know. Ex- uh, my notes aren't super specific, so let me talk about the teen storyline. Now, this is where Jonathan and Nancy really team up. And they go searching for monsters in the woods and get to know each other a little better. And uh, then Nancy sees a hole in a tree, decides, hey, this creepy uh, slimy hole, better crawl through it. Yeah, my uh, note, I have a note that just says, don't go in the scary tree. You know, please, yeah. why would you go or in at there? Or le- at least, girl, I, at least find your friend yeah. first. I, the scientists had a rope. When they went through. Do a rope. I know it didn't work, but you could do something. Although I guess this is after, uh, because I did make a note, he completely burns Nancy. Because he really burns her. Like, I was impressed with the level of burn. Because basically, in a previous episode, or it might even been the same episode, she talks about her parents. And it's the standard suburban, suburban kid story of my parents are just together because they think they should be. And... We seem like we have the perfect happy home, but beneath the surface, it's far from perfect. And, you know, she th- that's clearly a vulnerability, a, a thing she's very concerned with. And it's the old, I don't want to be my parents when I get older. And then he, the brother completely just hits her with, you know, here you are thinking you're being a rebel by hanging out with the popular cool guy and you're just going to end up just like your parents. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, it's hard not to love how she is sort of, egging him on and going like well you, you don't steve's cool so yeah. you don't get it yeah. like and and i mean i know i feel just misogynist just pointing it out but it is still nice the way he defers to her completely and goes yeah okay that's fine let's go let's keep with the mission but it he <laughs> gets pushed too far and yeah. then he releases the sickest bird of the century and stomps <laughs> off oh yeah you're and- right because she keeps egging him on because yeah he's really just saying that's fine. I just don't. I don't have to like him. I don't. And, yeah. and clearly, why would he like him? The guy smashed his camera, and there's a, there's there's definitely a hint that he's you know this isn't the first time he's bullied him. You know what I mean? This kid yeah. is thought of as the the, the a, a weirdo uh, basically because even when they're like goofing on him in an early episode because he's putting up missing posters of his, <laughs> which of his is brother. pretty <laughs> fucked. Like that's not the time. Oh, and one other thing, I don't think I brought up, uh, and this is more of a general thing. Um, Winona Ryder is turning into old Winona Ryder from Edward Scissorhands because she has yeah. old Winona Ryder voice. And I don't think she's putting it on. I think it's just she's old Winona Ryder now. Yeah, I mean, that is how it works. I don't remember <laughs> that part, to be honest. I saw your tweets on the subject, but ah. I don't remember uh, the old voice. But I assume it's this voice. That is, like, that's uh, fascinating to see, like, when people are get putting old makeup and then they grow older and you see was it how accurate was it? Oh yeah, like uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> seeing old Marty run around <laughs> playing his guitar still. Uh, yeah, the days they go by so fast. 
Uh, what else happens in this episode? Yeah, she goes through the tree portal and it closes up. I think that's it. Um, my notes on this episode was just so much cool stuff in this show. Yeah. And the Upside Down, that's just a great name. Because there's so many, like, Darkness Dimension stuff. And I'm sure maybe it's been used before or whatever. But, but it just feels distinct and iconic. Yes, I like that they, I mean, because they said the Veil of Shadows, and most things would probably just have stuck with that, and have just stuck with the D&D reference, and they would have constantly been referring to it as the Veil of Shadows, but I I agree, it just, it feels, it does feel like it's kind of a, a, like a great calling card for the show that they came up with their own uh, thing, uh, their own name for it, and then when the adults are calling it, like, the Upside Down and stuff, it, it just really works. Yeah. Uh, so, we'll move on to Chapter 6, mm-hmm. The Monster. Uh, so, uh, Jonathan pulls Nancy back, gets her back from the uh, Upside Down, and they go to her place where well, he stays overnight. Yeah, or, but one yep, note I had on that is, uh, it was uh, it's one of those convenient things where I just put, well, that tree dimension got resolved quickly, because yeah. basically once he pulls her out, it just closes up. Because I'm thinking like, oh, here we go. We got our gateway. We don't need to get into the lab. We go in through yeah. the tree. But then I guess it just assumed that this monster can make its own little uh, gateways wherever it needs to to get back into uh, the main dimension. And I guess one thing... Uh, well, no. I'll bring it up in a later episode. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I guess they explain it later how it works. But uh, I certainly felt when she went through, I did, I'll admit I did not think she was going to come back right away. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it doesn't feel like a cop-out, but it... It probably would have worked if she was in the darkness dimension as well, because then everyone would be coming to the brother, uh, Jonathan, and be like, uh, be, be saying like, oh, you did something to her. And then that would put him with the chief and then they would team up and like it could have gone that way, but it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, he pulls her out and uh, stays over at her house. Steve climbs up the window and sees them together in yes. the room. And my, my note is Steve Harrington will not go away. And he's going to do something bad. Now, I may have been wrong on that, but that was what I—that was my feeling at the time. Yeah, I certainly understand it. And I, I, I from that interview I, I uh, skimmed through, I did get the impression that the Duffer brothers had uh, had a Jim Scampoli view of him <laughs> until they cast him, and then he was the performance was just it. Ha- it added more flavor and more feeling to the character, and I don't know if they reacted to that and softened him up a bit or what but uh, yeah it certainly could have gone that things go darker super dark from there on for for steve but but yeah um so the next day they're stocking up on monster hunting equipment and the culmination is that there's some slut shaming graffiti yeah my and- note is steve harrington's a slut shamer <laughs> <laughs> and a fight breaks out with steve uh which ends with jonathan getting arrested that's the teen storyline. Um, yes, yeah. And then the adults, That this is when the adults do some research into the other missing kid who is presumably L, and they find the, the, the mother. That's in this episode, correct? Yeah. I actually, th- I, it also says here that he wakes up with his house bugged, so I may have gotten it uh, jumbled that maybe this is the episode where that happens as well. But either way, he goes to Joyce, the mother, and tells her, hey, guess what? Uh... My bad. Uh, you were right all along. Oh, and, and this is when he he takes all her light bulbs out, and she has a lot of them because of the Christmas <laughs> yeah. lights. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, I when when they go in, when he goes in there and the camera goes over the place, and he's like, 
holy shit, because he has to unscroll the light bulbs. That's funny, but I thought they were panning to the bigger lamp at the center because it was the same type of lamp where he found his, but yeah. But yeah. Anyway, they go to investigate. And, and also, f- why not just go outside somewhere and, uh, and have I your discussion? I did wonder about discussion. that because, <laughs> well, you know, these satellites, uh, yeah, they're getting strong. right now. Um, so what what do they do? Yeah, they, they go and find this woman who claims that the CIA stole her super baby. Yeah, and- this is kind of where they try to... And, and I like that they didn't hit on it too much because... One thing, and and maybe it's just because we have so much content now, uh, as far as movies, TV shows, and all that. I mean, one thing in uh, the 80s especially, um, I mean, that's what I grew up with for the most part. So I, I base it on that and what this is, this is based off. They didn't, a lot of times they didn't even bother really trying to explain where something came from. Yeah. Uh, it would just be, you know, this, this person's got powers, uh, moving on. Uh, yeah. This movie gives kind of a, a small explanation. It's it's not the greatest, uh, but they don't they don't really hammer it out too much because it has to do with she was pregnant and doing LSD and being in these um, what do they call it Sen- again sensory yeah, deprivation sen- yeah the tanks. sensory despri- uh, deprivation tanks and it somehow like affected and made her a super baby apparently I, I I'm not sure um, yeah uh, th- speaking of like origins. And stuff. I certainly maybe it's because of like all the intertextuality, as we call it. It's relating to all these other pieces of media. But I never felt like, oh, we need to. But where did it come from? Well, of course, we need a little bit on that, like why she's physically in the lab, but why she has powers. I never even would have uh, questioned that if she just had them, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they they kind of throw something out there. Uh, they don't go too into detail, but yeah, everything today you usually have to spend all this time spelling out where something came from. And in some cases, it's definitely warranted, uh, depending on how you're able to pull it off. Uh, I like that they didn't go too much into it. They just kind of hinted at it a little bit. And basically, Elle's mother now is kind of in a weird catatonic state. Um, yeah. No one believed her. I I, I like how I, I was waiting for something to happen later on with this sister who was just kind of goofing on her on her sister because her sister's yeah. like her caretaker and like ah don't bother talking to her you know she's she's a she's a weirdo idiot she talks she had a miscarriage there's no baby out there and she couldn't yeah. be more wrong but she's so happy with how right she is so you, i almost wanted to see her get some sort of comeuppance and feel like a like the piece of shit she is well she's taking care of her so it's the little things in life true. you can enjoy when you're uh, stuck yeah. doing that all That's day true but I, th- I thought that scene with her, I guess, Elle's aunt was kind of weird. Be- just how they cut it. Like, they when she's explaining, like, oh, she thinks the baby has, like, ESP or some shit. And then they cut to Elle doing ESP or some shit. Uh, okay. And it seemed like they- just short flashes. So it- in the sort of way where it seemed like they would be showing memories. Like, if one of those had seen Elle do something and then she describes it and then we see these flashes, like, that's what I expected that to be. Uh, okay. But since no one in the scene had hung out with Elle ever, I was wondering why they were cutting in showing Elle doing stuff because it felt a bit like 
like talking down to the audience and saying like, "Do you get it? It's yeah, she's talking about okay. L." You're right. I forgot about. How, I forgot that they did that. I didn't make a yeah. note of that. But yeah, you're right. That that and in this scene also, there's another thing I didn't like. But yeah, the, the, I don't like when they feel like they have to spell it out, especially because it's a Netflix show. It's not like we saw these episodes a month ago and we're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. that's right." It's like no, we just watched that uh, like an hour ago. Um, yeah. And this is also the episode where they. She even says, um, "You ever read Stephen King?" And yeah, that's right. This was, it was the only ref. It was the only homage slash reference call out in this whole series that I felt like, nah, come on. That was the one where I was like, you don't, you don't have to do that. That that was yeah. too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was a, a bit like they would have said, "What is this fucking ET?" When they're taking care of the kid because it's so close. Yeah, uh, yeah. don't do that. Like, do Lando Calrissian because it's not that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I could totally see that. Uh, but yeah, on the other hand, uh, I, yeah, I was sort of wondering if they decided to do that in post because if they did. Uh, do they think we're that stupid or it could just be that the scene didn't work it was too boring or something oh yeah and they're just trying to make it feel feel a little different but Um, it's felt like they were cutting it like it was a revelation and it's like no we get it like we knew this was l's aunt all along so what was the name of this episode again uh it was the monster because if I can tell you what happens with the kids real quick. Yeah. Uh, Lucas goes and search. They're still fighting the kids. So Lucas goes on his own to search for this portal while Mike and Dustin search for L. Uh, and this ends with a confrontation where uh, the bullies show up and uh, with, with uh, Mike and Dustin and uh, force Mike to jump off into this quarry or whatever it is. And L saves him at the last second and breaks the bully's arm. And then she reveals that... Uh, Lucas was right when he was accusing her in the last episode. It was she who opened the portal, and she says that she's a monster, and they disagree. So okay. that's why it's called the monster. Yeah, yeah, because they get into. Do they show? Do they are they show her flashback in this episode? I can't remember if that's in this episode or not. <sighs> it's just like flashbacks in every episode. Yeah, that's I'm true. Sure. But I mean, like her specific ones of like, uh, eh, whatever. I guess it's not that important. No, nah, um, well, I'm sh- there are flashbacks. I think there were more flashbacks in the previous episode because they were padding that a bit more, and it was a bit more happening here. With she was on her own as well, uh, outside and stealing food from the store and smashing the door in the face of the clerk who was trying to stop her from walking out with the food and all that. Uh, good stuff. All, all good stuff. Sorry, I was just trying to look up who wrote that episode, and uh, sure. it was uh, Jesse Nixon Lopez, who was a. Uh, Staff writer and uh, not a strong episode. So uh, take all that. Right, all right. Take that, you. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't li- really look into it. I'd like to look into who has like directed and written stuff. Uh, and I ha- wasn't able to. Didn't have time to do that. But it seems like a lot of the Duffer brothers are bringing people up with them, uh, rather than you know. There's not a bunch of huge name directors or co-writers on any of this, as far as I could make out yeah the only one i saw um who i wonder maybe is the one who kind of got things going i i believe was uh was the name sean levy um because he had worked on like a not things that are that great but um like a lot of bigger projects okay like I, he's sense. a producer on real steel night at the museum Right. Yeah, like not like like not cool stuff. Yeah, cool. not, not not great things. 
uh but it, it, it's the, the someone who has the most like history uh so i wonder yeah. if he's kind of helped get it get it going and i think he be- i believe he directed episode four that makes okay that makes sense so this was episode six yeah. and it makes sense for it to be flagging a bit because it's right ahead of the climax bit because yeah. the last two are both like climax and getting uh, all the pieces in place uh, right. things are starting to come together and yeah the, Although, the bullies uh, the the bullies thing that that felt very like stephen king and it, seemingly yeah. out of nowhere uh but you know a, a good catalyst for how uh the the teams kind of about to get back together you know what i mean because they're 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 a fractured team l's missing um the uh, the other kids already uh lucas is still kind of on his own right yeah lucas is on his Renegade. own Renegade. yep and they're doing the thing i'm i mean i'm sure bullies have done terrible things but they're doing the thing where the bully gets really over the top with psycho they're yeah. like okay go go jump off this go jump off this cliff now uh, and the other bully's like, I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, man. <laughs> like always. Uh, but yeah, but haven't you or no? Who did you tell? Us? No, I don't remember who. But someone was telling a story about chasing someone through the woods with a guy with a knife. Was that from your past? Yeah, or? that was from my past. <laughs> yes. So, so it happens. <laughs> you just didn't catch him in time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what would have been? And I was because, that kid that was like, "What are we? Wait a minute. What is going <laughs> what is on? This? Wait, I didn't sign up. Okay, you're my friend, I guess." <laughs> Uh, so it can happen, and it's but it does feel very Stand By Me and Stephen Kingish. I didn't yeah. make a note that this was a bad episode. No, I like I'm, the, so, I'm being a little harsh. Because yeah. really, when I say bad episode, it's only because we brought up those two things. And you're right, the editing portion could just as easily have been, and uh, most likely was just done in post, and then the yeah. Stephen King reference. So I'm being unfair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I like the, uh, you know, Jonathan and Nancy monster hunting uh, team mm-hmm. is working pretty well and yep. they have some nice chemistry and the fight was pretty cool in a in a messed up way where he fights Steve and all that's good stuff. So and it let's does, move on. It anyway. ends with uh, basically the bad bo- the bad guys are coming. They're kind of like gearing up. Yeah, now. like not that's not right. the bullies, but the ba- like the 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 evil scientists kind of know what's up and they're they're heading towards our heroes. Lucas puts the things together, and I like how every character gets like they all contribute to like the plot. I don't know, not the not the right way to put it, but they contribute to the teamwork. Like Lucas is off putting things together and realizing that the people in the white vans are the bad guys. Yep. And as you say, it ends with him uh, running to warn his pals, which is what we open on in chapter seven, the bathtub. Nice. Uh, the shortest episode. And one thing I had note—I I know you're about to get into it—but there's a moment uh, where there's like an almost kiss with L and Mike. I kind of, yeah. but that wasn't really needed. Um, but I mean, I guess I get why they did it. But it was just kind of like, uh, all right, we get it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I do you need to have a scene like that if characters kiss later? Is that mandatory to have an almost kiss before a kiss? Maybe. Maybe. Sometimes I kiss people and it's a surprise to everyone involved. Yeah. And there's been no foreshadowing. Yeah. Well, maybe some foreshadowing, but not a scene where we're like staring at each other and then someone comes through the door. Yeah, like it's a it's a bit tired. Yeah. And uh, it's cool. Like, we were just uh, <laughs> gonna go down on each other. <laughs> <laughs> you caught it as an inopportune moment. I got my pants down and I'm upside down and all the things. Chapter seven: the bathtub. Uh, so the kids are running from the lab people. L uh, flips a van, 
and uh, then they go hide in the junkyard. Oh yeah. What do you think of the chase? Oh, dude, I loved it. Uh, I I just I I put more ET goodness. I cannot get enough of kids running away from authorities on their bikes. (laughs) It's so exciting and so great to me because. You know, there's the clear threat of, hey, these people are in cars. What are you going to do? You're on a bike. It's like, nope, I can go uh, off-road. I can go down these hills. I can go through the alley. Ah, I fucking love it. And, uh, I mean, you know, again, to what we were talking about, like when you say the lines before they happen, you know L's going to do a kick-ass thing, but it doesn't ruin the moment. It's still still a great moment and a, a great open for the episode. Yeah, I've. I mean, I like to come into new shows blind, so I haven't. I didn't even watch the trailer. In the trailer, I think they because I watched it afterwards, and they do show like the car flips. So oh, that's maybe right, they do, don't they? I I didn't remember it at the time, but yeah, now that you okay. bring it up, they did show it in the trailer. Cool. So for me, it was like, oh, even better. But but yeah, you do expect it because. Uh, this I had a note on this later, but are what the fuck are these lab people like? Do they not realize that they're going after a super weapon? Like, do they not have <laughs> yeah. any contingency plan? Do they not have a single guy with a sniper with a tranquilizer? Yeah. Uh, so they could save, you know, t- 10 people's lives or whoever, however many and, uh, gets slaughtered. And that becomes even more apparent in, I believe, the next episode. But we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, exactly. That's where I wrote that. So um, everyone teams up in this episode. It all uh, First off, we have the police station where... Uh, the teens and the adults meet and share information, so they're now on the same page, and they're trying to find Mike because uh, the adults have learned that they need to find L, who they know is with Mike. So together, they uh, use the walkie-talkies, get in contact, and go save the kids from the junkyard. And one thing I really liked about this, and what they probably would have stretched out if this was a show with more episodes... When um, what's the brother's name again? I keep I keep spacing. Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan. Because when Jonathan gets arrested for you know being in the fight and accidentally hitting a police officer, I totally expect it to be this whole thing now where they got to try to somehow break him out of jail or whatever. Yeah. And and I do think if this was yeah 10, 13 episodes or something, it would be a whole episode where this is the you know, the the stopgap to keep everyone from teaming up because Jonathan's in jail and we need to get him out and blah, blah, blah. But it's just kind of, you know, Hooper comes... Well, first the mother comes in and is like, take those handcuffs off him right now. And it's like, no, no, he had a cop. And then Hooper's just like, take those handcuffs off him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving Tons. on. We need to get it. We need to move on from this. And yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, it's great. Uh, it's and again, we we talk. Uh, obviously, we're doing a TV podcast, so we love serial s- storytelling, and it's great to have the buildup of all these threads and the satisfaction when things start coming together and yes. everything starts coming to a head. Mm. It's uh, and there are shows where that doesn't happen, and you wait for it, oh, and you okay. wait, and it you get a little bit, and maybe something, and here it's like no, no, they're all working on the same project from different angles with they're all making different progress and in this episode they all come together and realize that they need to build a sensory deprivation (laughs) tank of course so they again we get a glimpse of the science teacher or whatever he is was watching watching a movie i love the party yeah i love that they that was my favorite little detail was that he was kind of with like a a hot chick watching a watching a movie (laughs) instead of just doing the typical like look at this nerd teacher 
idiot guy we always uh, <laughs> call. And and there was never really like they didn't feel the need to have some some dumb joke or explanation about it. It was just like no, he's just hanging out with the chicks like he's like he's uh, want to do. Yeah, he should have been. I mean, he would have been painting like World of Warcraft <laughs> or Warhammer. Sorry, figurines. Like, or, but I can't help you, kids. Yeah. I'm working on my next campaign. Yeah, in the middle of of his own D and D game with other nerdy guys or something. Uh, that could easily have been the thing. And, 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 I'm glad- and, and, and they're watching the thing, aren't they? Uh, they're. I think they're watching. Some, I think they're watching the thing. If I remember correctly, I could easily have been the thing. See what I yeah, see what I did. I like it. Uh, so yeah, and I like that he is not like acting different or anything. He's still like, you know what that is? Uh, that's uh, cornstarch and plastic or whatever. <laughs> so he's still still the same nerdy guy. And, uh, he's acting the same on the phone. But Eddie, and I love Dustin's like <laughs> pitch for you. Always say to open any doors to curiosity. Why are you keeping this curiosity door closed? Uh. And he's like, he's right. And uh, th- that's. The, the the great humor of the show too because it's a show of you know fantastic sci-fi elements and and some uh, genuinely creepy horror and 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 adventure but it has some really good character humor uh which yeah. uh which is uh, one of the uh, better throwbacks to to these types of movies as well because when you watch something even if you watch like poltergeist like i watched it not too long ago and poltergeist for being a, a, a scary movie it has some silly comedy in it, uh, right. and, and you kind of forget that because everything nowadays has to be grounded in self serious so much uh, that you forget that you can have fun in things that are that are creepy or you know fantastical. Yeah, it's a lot more moping these days. Yeah, uh, sad, sad boys hanging out, being sad, yeah. and it, it's nice because it's such an easy way to get you to care about characters and get you invested in the story just to have a good comedic chemistry underneath it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, they find out how to build a tank and they do it in the school's gym and Elle goes in and finds out that Barb is fucked but yeah. uh, Will is f- seems to be fine for now. Yeah. So yeah, the adults go to break into the lab but they get caught and the teens... Uh, Jonathan and Nancy go and steal their monster hunting equipment back. Yes, yeah. And uh, one one note I had when when Elle's in the the deprivation tank, um, for the the all the stuff with Winona Ryder and Elle, I felt really worked and was really earned. And and tying it back to the um the the cook that finds her in the first episode and is like being nice to her and trying to take care of her again it's one of these things where i want her to adopt l and take care of her because you, you know through this whole show and between between flashbacks and just the way the character's act, acting you know she never had someone that cared about her and wanted to take care of her and she never yeah. had an adult that wanted to keep her safe you know what i mean so I thought it was yeah. really effective. Like uh, they, they just nailed it. Of you know, if you get scared, I'm right here. I you know, I just remember I got you. Like I thought they they nailed that stuff. Yeah, and uh, she uh, like she's clinging to Papa uh, because she doesn't have anything, yes. and she is not even close to this. And and it makes sense uh, for all the reasons you say, and also because she has lost will mm-hmm. and is clutching for something similarly to our favorite police officer who has lost his daughter, yep. which is part of his motivation for finding this kid. It just makes sense and works together. Uh, she's able to help her through it and 
they get the info they need. Mm-hmm. I just my only note on this episode is everyone's teaming up. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> because it was just enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. So this is it. The final chapter. Go. Chapter eight. Mm-hmm. The upside down. Uh, we start, well, <laughs> this, uh, I don't know where we start, but anyway, the adults. Uh, Hopper has gotten caught, and the mother, mother. so they make a deal. And that uh, was the lo- one, for, for Hopper being so uh, like badass and smart and like ahead of the curve for the whole series, it was weird that she's like, we're just going to cut the fence. He's like, hey, it worked before. And it's like, I, I know it worked before, but uh, <laughs> that's probably why it's <laughs> not going to they- work again. <laughs> It didn't work uh, in a permanent fashion. Uh, you did get ca- caught and bugged. But uh, yeah, it. Uh, and also, well, how did you feel about him selling out L uh, so quickly? You know uh, what was great about that is he is Lando. So for yeah. the Lando jokes that they kept doing uh, where, you know, the kids thought Hopper was selling them out, he did became lando so i i i really i mean i liked it on that on that respect it did make sure. sense from a character point because it was more of a greater good thing like it's not like i don't think he cares about l but he knows that will is you know in danger and it's kind of the only way yeah i thought it made sense as well and maybe he's thinking maybe i'm giving him too much credit but maybe he's thinking they're not going to kill Elle when they find her, so yeah. we can save her later or yeah. whatever. Like, it's we got to get Will right now. So so they go through the gates. Uh, meanwhile, we have the teens, Jonathan and Nancy. They're setting up their trap uh, in a kind of uh, awesome Home Alone. That's, ex- but with- that's exactly what I had noted. Uh, <laughs> home Alone traps, nice touch. <laughs> Yeah, uh, with the yo-yos and all the things. Uh, Steve shows up and almost fucks it up, but then eventually saves the day. So they do hurt the beast seriously, set it on fire, but it escapes. And I did, I forget the exact thing they did in episodes. Oh, in episode seven, because uh, I forgot this note, I put, I don't buy it, good guy, Steve Harrington. And I guess that's when he kind of gets almost beat up by his friend. Uh, I think, or was that in this episode? No, it's got to be in the episode before because Steve Arrington starts sticking up for, for Nancy because his lame friends start calling her a slut and whatever. And then his friends like, you know, yeah, you don't want to step to me. You already got beat up. I'll fucking beat you up again. (laughs) Got beat up by a loser. So, and then he decides to help clean off the spray paint. And I did put, I don't buy it. Good guy, Steve Harrington. But in this episode, I had to put, well played, Steve Harrington. Because, <laughs> and, and I think you're right. They may have had the idea of him just being the cliche bully, but it was an interesting turn to just have him. No, he, I mean, he, he helped them. I mean, he was kind of goofy because he didn't know the whole story and the stakes, but he did come back and he kind of had a hero moment uh, for being yeah. just the, the bad guy. And all the best stories... You don't want to have uh, a bully be just a bad guy because just because. I mean, you don't necessarily want to have some sort of Anakin Skywalker backstory, but you sure. want to have him feel like a real character. Well, he he yeah, and he's one of the few characters who has no idea what the fuck is going on during any of the show, and uh, he, he still comes in and quite quickly he has the same thing where he runs out to the car just like uh, Winona yeah. earlier but he runs back and saves the day a little bit. I mean, speaking of his character earlier on, uh, I, I mean, what did, he, what did he do to piss you off, Jim? Is it just the little uh, child? Where, did you have a Steve in your life? <laughs> I, think we all had a, I think we all had a Steve all, Harrington yeah, in our life. Just, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I was probably pe- playing into the trope 
and sure. uh, they 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 played it well with the show where they did lay hints that he did legit like Nancy. Um, yeah. But you, you're always waiting for the shoe to drop where it's just the character that pretends he likes her because he wants to get in her pants or whatever. Yeah. Um, so th- I think they towed that line really well. Uh, and, and I don't know if necessarily always planned to have him be a good guy in the end, but they left it open enough where it didn't seem uh, phony. Yeah, and it's hard to have like, it's or it's hard to like a character who's as cool as him and like he's getting all the chicks and having the parties and everyone likes him. So, so I get that. But at the same time, like the worst thing he did in the early episodes was break the camera. And I think what Jonathan did was probably worse taking pictures. Although, I mean, he was goofing on a kid who lost his brother. Um, he was not really taking all that stuff seriously that a kid, I mean, a a given this is all, this can all be written off to just dumb kids. Dumb kids don't understand the seriousness of real life problems. And sometimes they will just purposely run away from the seriousness. So I get it. But, uh, just that whole thing of being a cool guy and fuck everyone else, even if they're going through terrible things and, but, but you're right. It's not, it's not enough to completely hate them. But uh, uh, yeah, going back to what you said about what, why have a party when there's a kid missing, I feel like they might have. Uh, uh, this was in the previous podcast, but so whatever. But but I felt like uh, if a kid goes missing and you're a teen, you don't necessarily feel like you're in danger yes. because he could have just biked into the quarry, uh, which is what they then think happened, and so on. Well, but, I mean, yeah. when I was in high school, a kid uh, a kid died uh, in a car accident. And right. these kids in my Spanish class were like, eh, we can't take this test because the kid died. He sat in our row. It's really messing us up. And yeah. I don't know if that doesn't make them necessarily evil. I mean, it's really bad to say. But uh, <laughs> yeah. again, it's, I think it's just because something is pushed in your face saying you're not invincible. You will die one day, even though you're 15 and you think you never will. So I, I do think that kids act out that way. So yeah. it works. Sure. Uh, so what else happens? It's the final episode. Uh, the kids, they're hiding at the school, and uh, now Mike does kiss Elle. Uh, yes. No interruption. Yeah. Except they are interrupted afterwards when all the agents in the world arrive, mm-hmm. and uh, Elle messes them up real good. Blood pouring from their eyes and their ears. Yeah, and uh, this, this fully shows what you were talking about with... Um them not being prepared for a superpowered kid that yeah. they know has superpowers and hey, just surround her surround her real quick <laughs> she'll not get out because of the human shields <laughs> which is essentially what happens i mean it does work and it's clear they don't care about the lives of their i mean they're the bad guys they don't care about the lives of people who work for them other people so yeah they do fall and then she gets drained and they come in and grab her but uh yeah I was, this is where I made that note of like, hey, snipers are a thing in yeah. the 80s too, yeah. so get one. One thing um, I have note, I thought the, the whole luring the monster with blood, I thought that was a little thin. Um, yeah. And uh, they kind of explain it with Nancy looking in her encyclopedias at animals. And I, I mean, I get it, but that was just a little, because then, so what, anyone that gets a cut somewhere, they're at risk of uh, of the monster coming through. Uh, but that's just yeah. more of a nitpick than anything else. Yeah, I they did show that, like the map with how close all the things were to breaking through. So my thought was like, okay, I guess blood within this area will 
make it the barrier weaker between worlds or whatever. But but as you say, they're in the school now. I don't know how long, how far that is from the rest of the stuff, but. But it's worth, uh, yeah, thinking about. But since there, were, there was a lot of blood... Well, that one I, I buy, I just mean when Nancy and Jonathan cut their thumbs and then the monster comes. You know what I mean? The the, the whole thing with the... After L like, blows their all their heads like scanners or something and there's, you know, p- uh, pools of blood everywhere. I understand right, that. Okay. But it's more okay. when they're like, hey, we'll lure the monster. Cut my thumb. I'll cut your thumb. And I don't know. <laughs> Well, I, I, I was th- uh, I was thinking of the map, so that made more sense to me because they were in the house where, where already close to it. Okay, yeah, already there's barriers breaking even without the blood. So that was my thoughts on it. But anyway, there's a shitload of blood, so the monster shows up at the school. It's drawn to it, and uh, long story short, L defeats the monster but vanishes. And they they actually got me with the the slingshot fake out. <laughs> I I, yeah. I hate to admit it, but. Because I really thought, because the monster like opened its mouth wide and then he, he yeah. hit it and I was like, oh, come. at first I was like, oh, come on, really? And then, uh, then L came and I was like, Duh, I'm an idiot. They fucking completely, <laughs> they completely swerved me. Wait, so did you mean that when he flew away, you thought that was the rock when I, the monster I flew swear away? I swear I was really thinking like, come on, did that slingshot do some shit? What's going on here right now? I didn't think that, but I did think when it was opening its mouth, ah, Zelda, like it's like every video game. Yes. You wait till it opens its mouth, and then it's like, no, of course it's L. Don't yeah. be s- silly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Oh, and one thing, I, I was going to bring it up earlier, but it, now's the best time to bring it up. The only thing that did feel kind of shitty uh, from the show, when, when they, it seemed to nail everything as far as like uh, tone and look and music and style, is the CGI monster. Um, I understand maybe it would have been more time-consuming to do something a little different, uh, but for, for being a throwback to to times when everything was, a, a, I feel, a little bit more creative as far as monster design, this monster felt like out of Cloverfield or one of those samey monsters that you see nowadays in, in sci-fi and action movies. I agree, and I made a note... There are moments when the monster, well, on the mo- the monster colon. There are mo- moments when it doesn't look amazing. Yeah. Uh, mainly in this episode when it shows up a lot and is in bright lights, and you're like, oh, this is what it looks like. Doesn't look completely real. But I mean, they I haven't done a lot of research into the behind the scenes stuff, but I'm I think they did have like a monster puppet at least, like a real live one that they used for some things. Okay. Uh, but I'm not. But, but I mean, just judging by how it, it looks. Yeah, even totally I'm right. not even against them using CGI. I think more just the design of it. I, I sure it just the the old uh, right, like grayish yeah. green thing. And I mean, I guess its head's like a flower. Uh, it's not terrible, but I it just I wish there was something a little bit more distinct. Uh, maybe a, I don't know. You're right. Like no, you're Monday right. Night, it does Monday. Uh, Whatever the fuck. Who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. Monday night, for sure. No, it, armchair it, quarterbacking <laughs> over here. Okay. Uh, it is. Uh, it does stand out as not being completely on tone now that you mention it with, like, even all the slime stuff is, like, it feels different from what the monster feels like in a way. Like, all the stuff you see in the dark world, uh, it's... It, feels real on a different level but i don't know what they should have done either so. yeah exactly uh, same here I, i'm not saying i could do better or something but and uh i do like the elver i mean they, they've been 
clearly the 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 finish line was going to be L versus the monster. I mean, you know that from basically the the first episode, first second episode. Um, uh, but I like it because it's a good kind of callback to like Friday the Thirteenth, uh, the seventh one, I think, or the New Blood, because basically Jason fights a can uh, te- like a girl with telekinesis powers. Um, so I'm all on board. I'm loving it. Okay, cool. Uh, at the same time, we're in the shadow world, and uh, the mother and Hopper find uh, Will and manage to revive him into life. Mm-hmm. Did you think he was going to die, or what were um, your thoughts? I, I, I kind of figured he would live, but it wouldn't have really thrown me if they had him die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and they kind of see an an alien type egg. It looked like the, the fr- when they're going through the 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 upside down, like the in the old alien movies where it had those eggs that open from the yeah. top. They find something similar to that. And also when they find Willie has a thing like down his throat, like some sort yeah, of yeah, real far thing. down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he gets back to life, and then it's the epilogue where everything seems back to normal for the kids, except Mike is uh, missing L, and uh, Nancy's back with Steve, and uh, Hopper is leaving food in the forest for L, perhaps, and finally, Will seems to have brought a little piece of the upside down back with him. Yes, yeah, and and I like how they with with Hopper because he also gets taken by. Well, not taken, yeah. but driven away it's, by basically some of the evil corporation people. So you almost assume that they've noticed his his skills, yes. and maybe he's the new Matthew Modine or something, and he's kind of either protecting the town in some sort of deal, or they're they're working on something behind the scenes, and he's in the know. And yes, he's leaving things seemingly for L because much like E.T. loved his Reese's Pieces, L loves Eggo Waffles. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it's just because we think that's like that's would be cool and that's what we assume would happen but yeah obviously i had the same thoughts he yeah. reluctantly gets into this car like Ugh. and then later seems to be communicating in some way with l yeah and i mean that that box was put there by someone he's not just leaving it there for like in hopes of someone taking it and it's not like he opened it and like fuck there's still food in here uh, clearly something's going on, and I get that vibe as well. And I mean, I would not be against a season two where he's in another town investigating paranormal activities on his own and all the rest of the cast are new, something like that, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Not that I think that's the best idea, but that certainly feels like a possibility. Yeah, and well, they do... It's left there where, like I said, I, I probably would prefer more of an anthology... But there is more to say if they did want to go into what's going on with Will um, and potentially the aftershocks of, of what's what's happened in this season. Uh, and especially if he's, you know, throwing up worms on the reg. Uh, yeah. And um, uh, what was the other? Oh, and, and luckily Jonathan has got a new camera. So <laughs> we can all rest easy knowing that Nancy gave him a gift of a replacement camera so he can go on taking his pictures out in the woods of kids partying from afar. Yeah, and she can go on boning Steve, uh, and, which made sense to me. Yeah, it did make know? sense. It, it's kind of pitched as almost like a, like a twist, but uh, yeah, I, I did exactly. like how they, how they played that out. And uh, one thing I, I think of note that I have, I like what they did. They, they had the D&D game at the end, 
and they, you know, clearly talking about the show. It's not quite subtle where, you know, they're like, that's it. Uh, and it's like, it seems so oh, yeah. it's so quick. <laughs> and they're like, well, it was 10 hours. So, you know, they're talking about the show. And I feel like they, they bring up, what about the Lost Knight? I feel like that's Hopper. Uh, what about the Proud Princess? I feel like that's L. And what about the flowers in the Dark Realm? I feel that's the eggs they saw. That's what I'm right. looking at it as. That makes sense. I didn't make that complete connection, but it w- I was just enjoying the moment of like... Ah, uh, they're talking to me. I, the duffers are here. <laughs> yeah. I sense them in the room. The lights are flashing. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. Uh, but yeah, it was a nice touch and also like a nice hint of like, uh, well, sometimes there's more and stranger things. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of the upside down, this is a tiny, unimportant note, but did you think it was weird to see cars there? Because I kind of felt like it was weird to see cars in the upside down. Yeah, I thought, I mean, even just seeing the houses and stuff, I thought that was a little strange. Um, Yeah, my thought was things in the real world, they're there, there's like emotional connections to them, there's people, and that leaves imprints or shadows in the upside down, but... Then, like, it's clearly not everything is reflected down there. So, and the cars, do they move when they're driven around? Or are these cars we see there, are they the cars that are usually there? Or how does that work? Yeah, when I was Um, watching it, too, I started overthinking that uh, in earlier episodes when I saw that things were, like, the same with certain things. Um, I'm like, oh, is this some sort of weird uh, potential future for the town? Is something going to happen? You know, and then... Probably overthinking sure. it, uh, just trying to like get stay ahead of the story. But I don't know. I guess it was just to show that it's just like where we are, but different in the numerous different dimensions that exist on top of our on top of or below our own. Yeah, and the Duffers did talk about this thirty-page uh, document they have uh, with all the rules and backstory for how it actually works, and they mentioned how well maybe we'll get into that if there's a continuation. so Oh, that's it's, cool. That's interesting. Yeah, it's at least nice to... I mean, they could be lying to our faces. <laughs> Very true. But if, if so, it's a good lie because it makes me think like, okay, well, I trust them to like... I, there was nothing that didn't make sense about it and I'm fine with leaving it mysterious, but it's always nice to know that someone knows what they're doing behind the wheel. Yeah, know? and because and even if they are lying, it felt like at the very least, if they don't have a Bible on the, the rules... There was a lot of discussion on what's going on and what they're, uh, what what's happening with that other dimension and what it means. Absolutely. So, as far as like the main criticism, quote unquote, we could throw at the show, I definitely agree that sometimes you sort of know what's going on anyway, but. Uh, that's fine by me. For example, when Mike starts going, you know, hey, when all this is over, you can come live with oh, me, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Let's go to the big school dance. Immediately, you think, well, she's not, that's clearly not happening yeah. because they're saying it. So, But that's just, I mean... <laughs> It's it's weird when you're like sitting here like I can't like uh, the reason it's predictable is that it's good writing in my opinion yeah. so yeah. and we're just too familiar with it and if they did something else it wouldn't be good writing so I don't know I mean they could be more subtle about it or whatever but this is not supposed to be the most subtle story ever it's a big story you know yeah no I agree with that um, and, and there, there's nothing wrong with if things are are, are executed well and set up well there's nothing wrong with at least having an idea of where things are going 
Um, Of course, you know, you throw in your own twist on it or whatever it might be. But, you know, people say that about Game of Thrones where, ah, you know, I knew that was going to happen. It's like, well, yeah, you kind of knew it, though, because they were telling you they've been telling you this the whole time that this is where things are going. It's not so much that they're hacks. It's just you're like you said, it's good storytelling. They're laying a foundation and they're building on building on top of it. Yeah, you want things to be, uh, it's like a balance between surprising and inevitable because mm-hmm. after you know the whole story, it should all feel like, yes, that's exactly what should have happened in this story, but you also want it to be surprising and there's a certain trade-off you have to make. And when you're relying on all these so well-known stories and weaving something out of that, it's hard to be completely revolutionary and if you try to do that maybe you'll make super eights and you won't make stranger things <laughs> yeah. and that would be bad <laughs> so yeah uh i get i i i wanted to see more of i like matthew modine he played the papa i i kind of right. wish for for getting a fairly recognizable actor i kind of wish there was a little bit more to that to him and and to what was going on i mean you could read from it from the flashbacks uh, but maybe I just wanted a little bit more menace or something, something else there. Uh, it's just kind of like a minor nitpick. But uh, how did you? Uh, yeah, I mean, he did a lot of smiling behind glass. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and like, oh, good, and just looking creepy there. with his bleached hair or whatever, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, I don't have any notes left, but I just remembered this. Uh, what did you think about having flashbacks from uh, Hopper's past in the final episode? Uh, he started seeing his kid and all that. I, I was fine with it, but also felt a bit, uh, not unnecessary, but like heavy handed a little bit to be like, yeah, we we already knew that he was doing it because of this. So did we need to see it? And if so, should we have seen it earlier? Or I mean, I'm just uh, usually against flashbacks anyway, want as little as possible of all that. So I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Although I'm also, I'm a sucker for it. I, I enjoy um, little character moments like that. Oh, I guess it wasn't little, but, you know, because I, I loved Lost and I like when they do it on Orange is the New Black so okay, well, <laughs> I, I do like seeing that, but it, it wasn't quite necessary. Um, now, this was a light snack compared to Lost or Orange <laughs> is the New Black. So yeah. I, I, the, the only reason I thought that was like because it was so little. Well, especially because it was the fina- it was the finale. It, it was a weird yeah. choice because he I mean, he was a main character, but he wasn't quite the main character. Um, yeah. So you didn't. It was bizarre to have it with him. I mean, if they were doing something with Winona Ryder that shed some new light or, or even uh, Will or L or something, it would have made a, a bit more sense. It was just a, yeah. it only stood out to me because it was in the finale and it was giving us information we already knew. And in the earlier episodes, there was a flashback with Winona Ryder and Will and it really added to it because it sort of showed their casual... Uh, affection for one another and then her panic in the now is a real good contrast and here yeah. it was sort of uh, it was only done to heighten the moment where Will might die so he's like god damn you wake up because that's what it was for kind of yeah uh, and, and, and maybe it was yeah. just the origin of him learning CPR like <laughs> <laughs> if that's it that would be fucking stupid looking at the doctors like oh you hit fire and then the breathe like, oh uh, you know what those doctors didn't do they didn't do the dramatic punch though like the old like don't you go all- damn it 
That's the only part that works, yeah. as far as I've learned. I've yeah. learned everything from movies. You might just start as with I, that. <laughs> I, yeah, I learned CPR from movies and legal advice from uh, a rap music. Jay-Z has got yeah. me covered. Yeah. I try that, get pulled over in Sweden, and you start spitting the 99 problems at them. <laughs> it does not work. Oh, it doesn't uh, work? Let me tell you. So, uh, the, uh, uh, my my... My trunk is locked, and so's the dashboard or whatever. So you need a warrant. Exactly, yeah. and it doesn't even rhyme in Swedish, so they're extra not impressed. Uh, <laughs> and similar with the punching the chest, I would imagine. I mean, I'm looking forward to the day when I get to be the one who's "Don't you go, damn it!" Some stranger is falling down. Or on the street I just push if if I saw someone doing regular CPR, just push them to the side and start just punching them with the ball of my <laughs> fist. You're doing yes. it wrong. Damn you. <laughs> Uh, and, exactly. and I mean, I know we already kind of went over it, but uh, what are your thought? What would be your thoughts if you find out they're doing season two? But here we are; it's the continuation. It's the search for L or whatever the fuck. Uh, I'd ex- I would be. Uh, I I would wait and see. As I waited and see with this show, I would expect them to find L in like two episodes mm-hmm. in that case, and not have it be like again doing the same thing you know it, they would have to do something new and i think they i have confidence enough in them that they will if they continue it they know enough i think i think it's more dangerous if they try to do something completely different and uh i mean not stranger things at all if they get the next wonder woman reboot oh, or yeah. whatever that seems like a dangerous thing but i have enough confidence in them i think they could continue the story as well because i wouldn't mind seeing these kids uh, an interesting thing would be if they were like a few years older mm-hmm. and things have moved on, but of course, then you'd have to wait a few years. So, well, they'll be old. kids grow up fast, so they'll be a little older pretty quickly, and they can head into different themes and do whatever they like. I would enjoy that. What would what would you want to see in the next? Yeah, season? I'm pretty torn. I, I I probably would prefer to be more of an anthology with maybe uh, some hints here and there at some of these characters if it's. You know, if the if the connection has to do with this company and the dimensions, and then yeah. and then maybe it ties into uh, Will somehow, like later. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I, I'd be excited either way. Uh, but yeah, I would probably prefer more of an anthology. And the kid that plays Mike is going to be in the movie of It, so good for him. Uh, he's uh, he's and It since like when It originally what took place in the eighties, but then flashbacks were to the fifties. But now the new it it takes place now and it's flashbacks to the eighties. So good right. luck for this kid. He's he's uh, got the market cornered on being a kid in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, he's got the face for it uh, for sure, yeah, and the haircut. Yeah. Um, so, but I I think we both uh, want an anthology. But that just means that we want something new, and we don't want them to take these characters and run them into the ground. Yeah. Which feels like a genuine uh, thing that could happen. Yeah. Uh, but but if they do something new with it, either way, I'll be happy. But it's because uh, it's similar to say like twenty four, where the first season's sure. really good, and then all of a sudden it's season four and. Oh, that Keith Sutherland, he's still got a crazy day ahead of him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up. Any yeah. final thoughts except I love this show, and if I hope you've watched it, because if you did, didn't did watch it and you listened to this, what's wrong with <laughs> yeah. you? We told you. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll still enjoy it, because as as we said, uh, it's, just, it's not about, to me, it's not about like, oh... Where did he go? It's like he went to the dark place. We, you know, we'll find out more about the dark place, but we know he basically is in a different, weird, upside down place. So I think you'll enjoy it either way. But uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Great I show. think it's uh, it's better off just. Yeah, I mean, if you've listened to this far and you haven't watched it, it's too late for you. But it's still worth seeing. But you're better off watching it uh, unsullied. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, I mean, I, I I hope you don't think we're paid or something like that because we're so positive on this show. Uh, but yes, there's nothing else really to say except I loved it and uh, I look forward to new stuff from the Duffer Brothers, especially oh, their yeah, new d- plumbing company. Absolutely. <laughs> and we'll end on that. Thank you for listening. Uh, go to shows what you know at .com and that's our website and get all the latest TV news and the next upcoming episode where we'll be talking about TV shows. Uh, oh yeah, uh, wait, what get... are we talking about on the next episode? Well, I conveniently didn't mention it because I'm not 100% certain, but I believe we'll be talking about season one of Mr. Robot. Yes, yeah, check, check the description. I'm sure it should be. And... Uh, mm. Yeah, make sure you go to showswhatyouknow.com. Um, and I, I know I said we're not paid, but and, and I promise we're not. But uh, also, you can, if you feel like it, you can just go to strangerthingspodcast.com. It goes to the Shows What You Know <laughs> page. <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't mention that. I, I, I've gotten, like, we, we uh, rolled the dice on that one and got strangerthingspodcast.com. And uh, I feel like the dice are coming up our way. Yeah, they uh, are. Because I want to talk about this more and forever, even though it's... In a way, it's less interesting because we're just so impressed and, and it's so nice. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, uh, got some got some feedback on the old Outcast uh, episode. People did not like my uppity attitude towards uh, horror genres and uh, oh, really? The show really? Yeah. yeah. What they say? So uh, they wanted me to shut up. <laughs> wanted me to shut shut my stupid face. And uh, I think uh, people tend to look up things uh, where they talk about things they like, not things they hate. So I hope you enjoyed talking about Stranger Things we like. And yes, uh, drop us a line with your thoughts on Stranger Things or Outcast or Preacher uh, at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. And make sure you subscribe on iTunes and please review the show and tell a friend. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Peace.